The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, everybody listening in. Welcome back to another edition of the Notebook Wagering Podcast. We have a full crew tonight for the first time in a while, and no better than to have it for the talk on the SEC, the Power Conference. We'll dig into the SEC West, the SEC East, see who we like, see who we don't like. Sorry, Vanderbilt fans. It's going to be short for you guys. Let's do a little quick roundtable. Hugh, how's it going? Welcome back, buddy. Thanks. It's been a while. I think the last show I did was in June. Just life got crazy. I uh, had some unexpected stuff come up, but we're back just in time for some college football NFL. I'm excited. Smitty, what do you got for us? The boys are back in town and I love seeing everybody here. So I'm excited. Let's get ready to talk 60 minutes on Vandy football. They can <laughs> hit and clean up, round it off. Uh, we got a lot of teams to get through, so let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, after that glorious uh, input by JKM, let's start. We'll just fire away. Uh, we'll break this into both divisions. And I hate to say, Q, but we're going to start in what we call the weaker division. So let's start with the SEC East. And since we cover every team, we're going to start with the seventh ranked team in this division, the Vanderbilt Commodores. I use the Rivers uh, online Casino for all the numbers tonight. The over-under on Vanderbilt is two and a half. Uh, we're going to be quick on Vanderbilt. So statistically, we talked off off uh, camera here. In every matrix, offensive and defensive, this team ranks last. Uh, out of four all-SEC teams, they had one player make one spot. And I'm going to give a big shout-out to Anthony Orji, defensive end. So head coach Clark Lee has his work cut out for him. I have this team at two and 10. Q, give us your five minutes on these guys. Five seconds. I'm right there with you. I look at their schedule. I don't see many wins. I would take the under two and a half and have relative confidence in that. All right, J. Cam, what do you got on the Commodores? Four game season, all non-conference, because they're not going to win a conference game. Maybe South Carolina, if it's a miracle, and maybe it's like a monsoon uh, down there. Um yeah, the two and a half total, that's a really a stretch to see him get over that. So uh, another rough year in uh, Nashville. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, no home field advantage. 14 guys back, seven and seven. Offense, defense coming back. Problem is a lot of people like them next week from some other shows that we're friends with. Keep an eye on Vandy next week at Hawaii. But they got to get Hawaii. They got to get the next week against Elon. And then they got Northern Illinois on there. I have them at two wins. Perfect. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. I will give one quick shout. I think if they beat Hawaii, they could go to the, get to the three win, but I think that's even a long shot this year. So, Hey, quick tidbit on that Hawaii. I think it was the last 12 uh, home openers are 11 and one. So yeah, correct. All right. Jimmy Chang back at coach, new coach. Legend. Let's 
Let's jump up to the sixth team uh, on the board. We have the Missouri Tigers, coached by Eli Drinkwitz, all-name team right there. Uh, the Rivers over-under is at five games. I have this team going five and seven. I actually would lean towards four and eight. I think they're in for a little bit of a regression. Their matrix, too, is just not good enough in the SEC. They're down on tons of areas, and they're not strong in any area. So we'll keep it quick with the Tigers, but we still want to touch on them. Under for me, four and eight. Uh, Q, what do you got on Missouri? I'm going to be around the same as you. Uh, they're just bad. I think Drinkowitz is, is no longer going to be the coach there for the foreseeable future. Um, this is what his third or fourth year. It's kind of make or break now, and I just don't see him making it. Um, I look at their schedule, and I don't see many wins. I'd give him four and eight, five and seven. I'm kind of right there with you. I don't, think, I don't think he's on a hot seat because I think he's recruiting okay. Like, he's building it back up. He's just in a tough situation with the schedule. Um, the defense is bad. It needs to get better. Um, and they need to find a quarterback. I actually think they have they have some young wide receivers that look pretty good. The offensive line is actually in the middle of the conference, which is their best unit out of all of them. Um, you look at the non-conference, at Kansas State, it's an interesting game. I think they'll lose that one. We talked about K-State. We kind of like them. Um, yeah, the rest of the non-conference is winnable. I think they can probably – win games against Vandy, obviously. And then between Arkansas and South Carolina, they have good shots. I think the rest of the schedule is pretty tough. Um, and that's really it. I mean, if they can find a quarterback and they can get the young receivers involved, this could be a little bit of a fun team to watch from a, a points total perspective, but the defense needs to improve a lot. Yeah, 14 guys back, six on offense, eight on defense. They haven't won a bowl game since 2014. New quarterback coming in, the one transferred out. They lost their best running back, which he did a lot for this team. He was the big-time player, catching the ball out of the backfield, running the ball. They have one of their returning guys back. Like Jason said, recruiting okay. They have one of the best uh, freshman wide receivers coming in this year. Defense wasn't very good. They couldn't stop the run. Depth was a problem. They're favored in four. My, I had under five and a half. I have them also four and eight. All right, so we're all kind of in agreement on the first two. Now I think is when you can take the next four teams, you have a dice with each team on it, put it in a cup, shake it up, and see who's coming next. So the fifth team on the board for me, uh, I don't personally want to put them there, but I'm going to. I'm going to put the South Carolina Gamecocks next. Rivers over under is six and a half. I think their schedule is extremely tough. They bring in Spencer Rattler, QB from Oklahoma, Josh Bannett, wide receiver, and they have another transfer, Christian Beal Smith from Wake Forest. Beamer balls back. He's got this team really in the right direction. 14 returning starters. I just think with that schedule, they don't, I don't think they can get to seven wins. I think that's their ceiling, though. So I would actually not play this. Uh, I have them at six and six, so I would have to lean the under. I'll let you guys break down the game Gamecocks. Q. Yeah, I'm going to be right at six and six. I look at their schedule, Georgia State win, Charlotte win, South Carolina State win, Vandy win. And then I think they're going to I think they're going to shock somebody in the SEC. I think they're really buying into Shane Beamer. I, I do think Spencer Rattler uh, is an upgrade for them into what they had. And I, and I think the fan base will kind of, you know, maybe noisily get them to a, a kind of a shocking victory. Maybe Kentucky. I think Kentucky's due for a little regress. Um, or maybe, you know, they, they snag one against, uh, you know, Tennessee or somebody like that at home. So I, I could see six, uh, av you know, pretty easily, um, seven, 
high ceiling there with that tough schedule. See, I, I like, I think Beamer's got to go in the right direction. I mean, when you get six wins and everybody's all excited like they are down there. They got things going well. They hit the portal pretty hard. They addressed a lot of positions on offense, things they had to do because that offense was pretty bad last year. Rattler was a Heisman contender last year. He's their starting quarterback. Last year, they were literally starting a grad assistant at quarterback for the first game. Like, And they have a good kid behind him, too, pretty highly rated kid in Doty. So, I mean, they're kind of set at that position. They, they went from having no quarterbacks to having a really good quarterback situation. Um, running backs went to the portal. Wide receivers, everything is kind of coming from the portal to see how it all meshes together. Defense wasn't great against the run, but they were really good against the pass, um, which unfortunately makes teams running against them. In the SEC East, everybody likes to run, so it doesn't work out well. I like them for over six. I think they can get AM on the 22nd because I'm not sure about AM's offense. I know they're really good, but man, until I see it, they need to be productive. And I think they can get Tennessee maybe at the end of the schedule on the 19th because they're much better against the pass than the run. Um, Tennessee's not exactly a smash mouth offense. Um, but yeah, no, it's the right direction. They're recruiting really well. They're hitting the portal well. He's basically restocking this program back to like the old days. Yeah, I love this team. I, I love the coach. Like you said, Jason, they're in the right direction here. They got 13 guys coming back, eight on offense, five. Spencer Rattler, again, didn't work out in Oklahoma, but it's you brought in a really good guy. Like you said, the quarterback position was the downfall last year. Lloyd, the running back, high um, recruit. It's been kind of banged up. This is a big year for him. Wide receivers should be okay. Tight end play should be okay. Look for Bradler to kind of use them. Offensive line is looking also good. Defense, I think, should be all right. Favored in five, four out of the first five are at home. I have them at seven and five. I have it at my thing I saw was favored. Um, I think, what did you guys say? It was at six. Win total was at six. Yeah. Six and a half. Yeah. I like, man, that's tough because I could see six and six, but I think, I think Q made a good point too. I think they, I think they get one that you, you look at it right now and go, I don't know if they're going to get it. I think they're going to get one. I like seven. I think seven and five, I'd probably take an over on that one. Not a, an official play, but I'd play it. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. And just for people listening, our subscribers, we like to really razz each other behind the scenes. So Q may hate me here. Q, if I flip a coin right now, call heads or tails. Under. <laughs> uh, no, you can you can go the Gators because I, I kind of am with you. Okay. Uh, then we're going to put the Gators here. We're going to put them fourth on my sheet here. And the only reason is I'm going to do this because it's the first year coach, Billy Napier. Um, they have supreme talent. The river's over under a seven and a half. I think they get their seven. I don't think they get that half. Anthony Richardson's a QB, Ricky Pearsall, a transfer wide receiver coming in from Arizona. I just don't know enough about Napier going to this conference. And the East is down, but their schedule is not that easy. Um, I mean, that they're out of conference is kind of easy with Eastern Washington, USF. They start out with Utah, and that's a scary one. I actually think Utah's going to win that game. But then they finish with some cupcakes down the stretch. So they could – they, I mean, I've seen predictions nine and three. I'm going to go under though. I'm going to have these guys at seven and five this year. So go ahead, Q. Don't hate me. No, uh, you're right there with me. Um, you're stealing the words out. Seven and five is where I, I realistically have them. Do I think that there is a slim chance they go eight and four? I, I think you could see that uh, just because I think the players have really bought into Billy Napier and everything you read, there's a huge culture change that they lacked with Dan Mullen. Um, 
I, he did the transfer portal really well. You know, Ricky Pearsall will be back. He's a little banged up, but I think he's going to be a playmaker. Uh, he's recruiting really well, uh, so he's getting those kids hyped up. I think Anthony Richardson, I'm not saying he's Cam Newton, but I think he'll be much improved from last year. Um, I think he now has to with Jack Miller being out at least the first couple of weeks. Um, I, I would not be surprised if they steal the Utah game. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. I think just that atmosphere, I think it's going to be rowdy down there. Uh, depending on the weather, it could be humid, uh, which could lead to some cramps and things like that. Um, I do think they'll beat Kentucky this year. They dropped that game last year, and they shouldn't have. They always own Florida State. Uh, I think they'll they'll pick up a LSU win again this year. Same thing for them, new coach. Um, so I'm five and seven, but I, it's not unrealistic to me to see him go eight and four just on sheer luck. I mean, if Jim McElwain can go ten and two, why can't Billy Napier go eight and four? Yeah, I like this team. I like when I look at the the talent. You see the Phil Still ratings in his preview. You're like, wow, these guys are still there's still a lot of good players here. And you know Napier's system, it's run heavy. You know, we saw that at Louisiana. They, it's not real pretty, uh, but they're usually pretty effective. Fits the talent pretty well. Um, and I just look, Utah might be just too early in the in the process, really, because you really don't know what you have at quarterback yet. And like you mentioned, Q, they have some depth issues now because of some injuries and things. So how much can you really run Richardson? Because you don't really know what's behind him if Miller's not available. And that's a key part of that uh, Lafayette offense. Um, that's why there won't be for Utah, but – Kentucky the following week, if they play that game later in the year, I think I think it's just tough. They're going to play Utah and then come right back with Kentucky after Kentucky's coming off a cupcake. It's going to be a beat-up football team a little too early in the season. But I think they'll be better. Like that first four stretch, I don't think you'll really see what you'll see of them, especially when the game at Tennessee. Then they kind of get reset with Eastern Washington and Missouri. I think they'll win those two games. And then you'll see that back stretch with LSU, Georgia, A&M, and South Carolina. I think that's where you'll see if Napier is really taking effect. Like you go through their games last year, when they lost to Georgia, which was a game that was pretty close early, and they had some opportunities in the first half to win that game, that took all the air out of their season. Like, they just shut off. Like, you can just look at the stats. They couldn't run the ball anymore against two of the worst run defenses in the SEC. Like, they just shut them, shut out all the coaching. It was time to make a move, and they moved on. So, I think this is a really talented football team. I think Napier could have them in a good spot. It all depends on the quarterback position if they can score points. Hey, quick Yeah, tip. I'm honest. Go go ahead, Q. Go ahead. I was just gonna say Kentucky's missing their starting running back for that Florida game. I think he suspended two games, so that's definitely gonna help as well. Yeah, Rodriguez. I think they have a pretty good guy that is gonna step yeah. into that. But Rodriguez is a fantastic back. Great, great note on that game. I like the direction where this team is going. I think it's not there yet. Um, like you guys have said, they want to. He pounded the ball a lot. Everything I've been reading and hearing about Florida is the depth. Do they have enough players? Now, they're recruiting really well. I think he's doing a nice job following where he's at right now with this. I think they they don't have it this year. Richardson, again, fantastic athlete. Consistency, can he make the throws? Can he stay healthy? He's been banged up a little bit. That's a little concern for me in that game. Defense has been a problem. Trust me, I've sat across. I've been next to Q for years watching Florida games. I can hear Q screaming. They can't tackle. They got to get a little tougher on defense. First three, you know, is at home. Here's the thing with Utah. We're high on Utah on the Pac-12 show. So go check out the Pac-12 show if you have not listened to it. And they're practicing inside. They're cranking the heat. They're putting the music on. They're making it loud. They'll be ready to go. I think they'll, I think they'll wear down Florida in that game and they'll get the win there. 
I think again, I like the direction where I, I like this coach. He's a good coach. Florida is going to be back. It's not this year. I have him six and six, but when I'm not on official play on one, I'll maybe give another one. I think they could get to seven and five. And I think a seven and five year is not bad with this team. Well said. Uh, so kind of a good segment for us to go right to the next team, three team in the East. Let's go to the Kentucky Wildcats. It's rare to have a, a football team from Lexington this high on anybody's board, but after 10 and three last year, their, their sights are set high. Um, the rivers over under is eight. I actually like these guys to get the eight, but I don't think they can go over eight. Uh, Q mentioned Rodriguez is uh, suspended for the first two games. They have a transfer. Will Levis from Penn state, I believe. Mark Stoops finally has some buzz though in Lexington, Lexington for this team. And I'm glad that they are. I actually secretly like this. I used to love when Jared Lorenzo was there and he'd sling it around back in the old days. And uh, it's, it's good to have some different teams come to the top and the next one's going to be that way too. So Q, what do you have for uh, Kentucky? Yeah, we mentioned the Rodriguez on the last team. Um, I think their first two games, they get one-on-one. One thing that kind of concerns me is Will Levis makes a lot of dumb mistakes. He didn't really seem to clean them up last year, but we'll see what he does this year. Uh, but Wondell Robinson literally took 45% of their catches, um, which means that he was just so heavily used and so heavily trusted to replace somebody that has essentially caught 45% of your balls um, is a little scary to me. Who's going to step up is kind of where that point goes. Um I kind of have them in that eight and four, nine and three. You know, I think Louisville could be tricky at the end of the year, depending on where they're at, because it's just a rivalry game. You know, Georgia's a loss. Tennessee is the team that I'm kind of worried about um, with their whole situation. So I could see that being a loss. Ole Miss was another team that I think you could get a loss in Florida. So there's four right there. Um, they might win one of those to get to nine and three, but I don't see it making 10 again unless they win a bowl game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a good program. It's in a really good spot. They have six of their eight units are rated in the top 50 and Phil still. So, I mean, you never saw that at Kentucky in history. But it's just a flawed football team. Like you mentioned, they don't really have anybody in the receiver room to replace Robinson. Will Levis was the first quarterback since 2016 to throw for 300 yards in a game at Kentucky. But when you watch him play, there are some games where you just scratch your head and like, this is really an NFL prospect quarterback. And some people feel that way about him because of the body type and the arm. But the play doesn't match up with it. Um, yeah, I think they're going to take a big step back this year, actually, because the offensive line has kind of been their bell cow for this whole like uplift where they've come kind of come out of mediocrity into being a pretty solid football team. And they're gone now. This is a whole turnover. They actually sadly lost the offensive line coach last year. They have his protege in place. So it's like a, just a whole new era up front there. And that's really been their identity on offense. Uh, you mentioned they miss Rodriguez for two games. Their running back room's pretty good. I don't know if they'll miss him as much, but I just don't think there's going to open up any holes for him because I don't think the guys in front of him are as good as the guys that have been there. I mean, they've had a ton of NFL draft picks come out the last two years from the offensive line. Defensively, they're pretty solid. Um, basically, the way I'm approaching them this year from a betting perspective is I'm looking at their schedule, and teams that are run heavy, I'm going to be on Kentucky. The teams that like to throw the football – I'm actually going to be on – I'm going to be taking the team against them. Their pass defense is not good. Um, and the way they scheme the things, they need pressure from the defensive end. They like the blitz people that leaves them open on the back end a lot to give up explosive plays a decent amount. Um, they have a stretch this year from, like, October 8th 
through November 5th, where they play South Carolina, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, in four weeks, four games in five weeks. Those are all pass-heavy teams. I will be on all four of those teams against them. But when they play run teams, the defensive front plays really well against the run. That's why I don't like them. I like them early against Florida because I don't think Florida's going to be quite ready for them at that point. They would have been later in the year. And then some of the games later in the year, like I think they're going to give Georgia a fight um, just because they'll match up very well. Um, but that's really how I'm looking at Kentucky. Um, they really need to get better against the pass and be better with the pass. Smitty, what do you think? Yeah, 11 starters back, six on offense, five. Quarterback, again, I everything you guys said is kind of on there. Sometimes he looks fantastic. Other times it's a head scratcher. Rodriguez is good back. I, I diving into this team, I think they have a couple guys that they're going to be okay if the suspension there. Question mark is the wide receivers I have on the index card. That's a concern for me. Defense, like you said, Jason, only allowed 21 points last year. But I also have a big question mark diving into this team, uh, the, the passing, the secondary, the pass defense. Where are we at there? Games that I have, you know, their favorite on the VSIN magazine, eight games. I have the, you know, I have, a, I have a couple. They get three out of four at home to start. But I have the Florida game at Florida. That's a big one. If they can get that, I don't know if they can, but if they can, then you might be on to something. I have the game at uh, October 1st at Old Miss on my card. And then, like Q said, end of the year, the big rivalry game with Louisville Cardinals there. That could be where you're at. That, that, that might be a great sweat. That might be a great sweat for this team. I have them 7-5, and five, so I have an under. Or what is what is it again? Sorry, I might have jumped the it gun. Was, what was the win was total eight. again? It was 8, buddy. Eight. Okay, so I'm on that. So seven and five, I'm going with. I'm going in under. Okay. All right, let's jump up to the two team. You guys have lobbed me a couple softballs too with uh, some bad defenses. So we have the Tennessee Volunteers coming in as number two. Josh Heupel, the coach, in his second year. Had a, had a nice year last year. And by nice, it was seven and six, but you showed some signs, and it was a really fun team to watch. They have some of the best wide receivers in the conference. Uh, Tillman that transferred Javon to Peyton. The defense is improving, but the back end of the defense is really bad. So this is a team that's going to be in shootouts with their offense, and I don't know if they're going to be able to stop anybody through the air. So something I would look at for this team, if you don't want to bet their team total, look for the game totals of over. I actually think this team goes over their win total, though. I have them at 9-3 and three this year. This team, to me, is the one that Q mentioned earlier, that it's you. I kind of feel like they're just going to knock somebody off. They're going to get in a shootout with some team that they probably shouldn't be, and they're going to. Uh, not saying it's Georgia, but it, it could be, uh, even though that, I guess that's the biggest name on their schedule. So, Hugh, what do you have on the volunteers? Yeah, this is the first time I'm actually thinking the hype is real in Knoxville. Uh, they haven't been good since 2000, in my opinion. Uh, but I think Hypo's got something here. And, and I think specifically it's with Hennon Hooker. Uh, it does kind of make you wonder, like, what he did at the end of the year, how he wasn't the day one starter. I mean, he was just electric. They like 30 TDs to like two picks for the year. Um, I, I think Heupel's just going to let him essentially have the entire uh, weapon case and, and pretty much say, let's just go out and ball. You know, if you got to run, you got to run. If you if you got to air it out, you got to air it out. Um, again, he can run. He can throw. He can throw the ball 70 yards in the air. So Cedric Tillman is going to be a huge uh, star for him. And then they also got that USC uh, receiver McCoy, who I think is going to be big for him. Um, he was a number one out of USC, so he's highly touted. How do you cover Tillman, uh, the guy you named, and then McCoy at the same time? 
Uh, you guys brought up a good point, though. Defense, they're not really going to stop anybody. This kind of reminds me of like a Ole Miss or maybe like a Big 12 game um, where, you know, Lane Kiffin couldn't stop anybody last year. It's going to be the same with this year. You're going to see a lot of high-scoring games. I actually have them at eight and four, nine and three, so I would confidently take the over. Uh, but I do agree with you. Who are they going to knock off? I'm not quite sure. I don't know if it will be Georgia. Um, but if it was Georgia, like I would not be surprised. I think Georgia is going to take a small step back, uh, but I still think they're going to be the most dominant team in the East, obviously. Uh, but I'll touch on them later. So give me eight and four confidently, nine and three would not be a surprise. Yeah. No, I mean, all eight units are ranked in the top 50 Phil Steele's ratings. Like, and that's only one of three teams in the conference that are, have that uh, designation. So you know, hookers looked really good for them since coming over from Vodtech. They've had some nice transfers to fill in some gaps on offense. Uh, defense, like you said, the back seven wasn't good. The front four is pretty good, though. So they can get a lead and guys can just pin their ear backs and rush a quarterback. They can actually win some games maybe that they shouldn't. The yards per play is not awful for them. They just play at such a pace that the yardage totals kind of add up. But if you look at it, they only give up 3.7 yards of rush and 5.4 yards of pass. That's not terrible. I mean, obviously it could be better, but like I said, it's just more of a pace thing with them. Their offense is kind of similar that way. Like they, they need to be a little more efficient on offense. They bring up some yardage totals that probably should correlate to more points. Um, and then they'll probably do that with the talent they've kind of added in the off season. Yeah. I, I think this could be a surprise team. I was really shocked that they have eight units that good already. Uh, since Heifel's there, they obviously recruited better with the prior coach than I initially thought. Um, yeah. I don't know who the surprise is. Could it be Bama on the 15th? You know, it's third Saturday in October tradition. That's a big rivalry game. I don't, I don't think they're there yet, but you never know. Smitty, what do you got? I got to put my Tennessee hat on. Hold on for a second here. Hold on here. There we go. There we Man go. Just camouflage on it. Who knew? All right. Yeah. I'm going to go dunk hunting tomorrow. So don't worry about it. Okay. Here we go. Tennessee. I'm glad everyone is on board with Tennessee. I love this team. Heupel. I love him as a coach. 15 guys coming back. Uh, eight on offense, seven hooker, I, I think is fantastic. So many people, if you listen to these shows, if you want a Heisman dark horse, you know, maybe him, I'm on some other people, but I mean, I think he would be a fantastic pick. I think he's just unbelievable quarterback. Everything they're saying in camp, he's looking great. Tillman, you guys hit on this is a stud wide receiver. Offensive line looks good. Defense should be okay. I think I think it was Jason that said they're getting better. I think they are if you dive into it. They're, they're favored in eight. The games I marked on the schedule, the game at Pitt. Oh, is that, we talked about that in the ACC show. Can't wait for that one. That's going to be a good one. And then the one, um, I have it on my phone here, but I'm not going to waste time. But the game at LSU, I think, is a big one there. I have them, man, we're really close, guys. I mean, or we're right the same. I have them nine and three. I oh, love boy. this team. This is my favorite. This is my favorite bet here in the SEC is Tennessee. So, yeah, for that pick game, I do predict 60,000 Tennessee fans. They are <laughs> going to take over the city of Pittsburgh. I want to hear Rocky Top from Thursday night all the way through Sunday. Don't disappoint me, Vol Nation. Go in there and just roll those Panthers. Well, when they when they play Florida, I said in Rocky Top probably 20 times the queue. So <laughs> every year tradition. <laughs> All right, boys, let's jump off the balls and go to the top team. Uh, once again, the number one team in the East. We have the Georgia Bulldogs, coached by Kirby Smart. Rivers over under is 11 and a half. Uh, national champs last year, Stetson Bennett back quarterback. 
Uh, one of the questions I have with this team, and I'm not sure who it is. We know they have the five-star recruits. Who's going to replace Zamir White and James Cook at running back? Also, they lost three other good pros, Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, and somebody else slipped in my mind. They got a lot of holes, but those recruits are so good. The East is still the weaker division. I, I hate to say it. I think they actually get 11 wins. Um, I don't think they go over. I don't think they go undefeated. I'm going to lean that Tennessee game is the one where they lose and they get bit by the hook. So I have these guys at 11 and one, sadly. So not much to uh, improve on, I guess, for me on these guys. It's just they're chalked and their schedule is super easy this year, which is crap. So Q, go ahead. Hit me with the bulldog talk. Yeah, I, I think for Georgia compared to last year, it's going to be a little regress for them. Uh, Schedule-wise, it's not. Like you said, Zamir White, James Cook, how do you replace them? Uh, you lose some top guys like Davis on the defense, a couple linebackers. You lose – even though Pickens didn't play much, he still was a game-changer when he was in there. Uh, so, he lost him. So, who kind of steps up to his – you know, what we thought he was going to be role um, – Stetson Bennett, you know, let's see, is he real deal? He had a huge la- – uh, he started off well two years ago, kind of fell through. Last year he uh, persevered, took him to Natty, finally got it since like 83. Um, let's see what he does this year. I look at the schedule. I mean, realistically, there's only two teams that I think can realistically beat them, and that's Tennessee and Oregon. And, and I'll be honest, I, I because the Tennessee game is at home, I just don't see it. Um, I don't know if Tennessee's quite there this year to be able to upset on the road. Um, if you ask me two seasons from now, yeah, absolutely. But I, minimum 11 one, uh, I would even say 12 and 0. I, I just think their schedule is so easy. Um, I don't really confidently see a loss. Yeah, I, I think you just look at this, but this is the, probably the most interesting part about this team is like this is their year where they start to turn into Bama, or do they like where? You see, they only have 10 starters coming back, right? But you know all the kids that are going to play this year are really highly recruited. They're talented guys have been playing behind somebody who's probably playing on Sunday now. Um, but that's, you know, you got to give coaches credit for that being able to smooth that transition like Alabama does. I mean, I'm not a huge Saban fan, but it's amazing how they just plug and play everybody. Um, not every program can do that. You're starting to see Clemson kind of deteriorate that way. Um, they haven't been able to do it. Also, you know, you look at Tennessee, and I agree with Q that it's really tough for Tennessee to go in between the hedges and beat them, but they're kind of made up the right way where they could get on top of Georgia early. If someone's going to beat them, it's going to be someone who gets out to like a 21 nothing lead for maybe a bad short field turnover, whatever, you know, things that happen on a random crazy Saturday in October or something like that, right? Because um, that offense didn't – that was the only thing they really showed last year is they had some times when they became one-dimensional with the passing game. They're just not really that good. I mean, it, it's funny – this is actually not one of the teams that has all their units ranked and Bill's still top 50. And can you guess what position is not in the top 50? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. I mean, so, well, um, Kirby Smart have the guts this year to make that change that they need to, if Bennett kind of, you know, if he kind of turns back into the pumpkin that we all kind of thought he was going to last year, that's really the only thing that holds them back though. You look at all these positions, they're loaded. You mentioned the running backs left though. You look at the recruiting number next to all the running backs that are in, listed on the, the depth chart. You're like Jesus. Like it's just. I mean, I think if you add up all the recruiting numbers from both sides, I don't even think it equals 100. So I mean, they're, they're just loaded, and that's really the only thing it can get them is that they've lost so much over the last two years to the draft, and it just can they come back if someone does get on top of them? 
Yeah, it's like Jason said, when you look at this team and you dive into this team, how many guys went in the NFL and left? You're like, well, it's a step back year. But this is a team that I think it was a great point. Are they taking the step now, like in Alabama, that can just plug in pieces and they don't miss anything? Well, I think they are. I, I like Bennett. Bennett's not flashy, but do you have to be flashy? No. I mean, when you have a team like this, I think the running backs, they'll find people. The wide receivers, I have a question mark. Younger guys, they have to step up. We'll see. They have a really good tight end. Bowers is really, really good. You know, defensively, again, they it was just fantastic. I mean, it was unbelievable last year to watch them on defense. Now, could they take a step back? But they're still going to be dominant. They're still going to be really good. You guys said some of the games. I mean, that's my focus point with this team is I had the game at South Carolina, September 17th on my card. I had the game. You guys brought it up, Tennessee. I had the Tennessee game. And then I have a two-star one. Here's the game that I think is tricky. November 12th at Mississippi State. Keep an eye on that one. Let's just keep an eye on that one. I like this team. They're favored in 12. I'm right with you guys, 11-1. I think somebody gets them, but they go 11-1. I think Q said, could they go 12-0? and 0? I wouldn't be shocked. I think some one team gets them. I think they go 11-1. All right. Great breakdown for the East there. Uh, let's jump over to the SEC West. And I am just a little confused on why I'm going to put this team at the bottom. Um, I think there's a hodgepodge of teams that could be slotted in the bottom spot here. But lo and behold, and I am an LSU fan, but I'm going to put the LSU Tigers at the number seven in the SEC West. Brian Kelly era is underway. I think it's a little shaky ground to start. The Rivers over under to start is actually six and a half. When is the last time we saw an LSU team with that low of a over under? It's probably been a while. Uh, I actually think they go under that total. I have them at five and seven. I just don't – I'm not impressed with this team. Jaden Daniels, a quarterback, doesn't really do much for me. John Emery, a running back, super talent, hasn't really shown us it. Tayshaun Butte, a wide receiver, is the real deal. And they do have a big defensive end, B.J. Ujolari. He's really, really good. I just don't think they have enough in the West this year. So uh, I'm going to lean under on them even though I'm a huge fan and they have one of the best atmospheres ever when they have the night games down there. Q, what do you have on LSU? I would actually not have them as the last ranked team. I, I think Auburn is, and I'll tell you why when we get to Auburn, but I think Chip Kelly obviously isn't going to have a good year this year. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. You know, he kind of made it known that he wasn't going to leave Notre Dame and then suddenly overnight he goes. Um, so I think, He's going to face some public backlash each time they take a loss there, so it's going to be some pressure. But I think that atmosphere is so hard. I really think it, it challenges uh, some teams coming in. I think they can, on average, they probably steal a game per season simply because of Death Valley. Uh, I think Butte comes back. As long as he stays healthy, it gives Jaden Daniels an immediate upgrade and somebody he's never had that talented of, uh, receiver to pass to. Um, I, I just think with who Kelly brought in, you know, with his uh, coaching schemes and things like that, I've got him at that seven and five. So it's going to kind of be a wash for me. Uh, but, but no, I don't agree with you that they're uh, the worst team in the West. It's really Thanks. tricky. It's just that really about a numbers game with them. Like uh, they've had so many people kind of depart here with them. And 
But, I mean, think what you will of Kelly and the whole fake accent and all that stuff. But, I mean, he's won every single place he's gone. And it's every single level. Division two, the MAC, um, Big East, if we all remember that conference. And then now with Notre Dame, you know, he got them in the playoff. Yeah. Like, so he'll get it right. And there's just recruits everywhere in that area of the country. So it's just a matter – this is going to be a transition year. I think he kind of wants it to be a transition year because he doesn't want those expectations to get too crazy or too soon because he's got to backfill some depth here because – you look at the recruiting numbers on some of the, the second and third levels of this team. It's not like it's been in prior years. Like, you know, that I'm expecting to look more like Florida and it looks a lot more like, uh, um, I should call it probably Missouri at this point. But, um, you know, they kind of still have good guys. Noah Kane from Penn State, their backup running back. You know, he looked really good before his knee injury. He just hasn't looked really good since then. They've got a good front of defense. Like there's talent everywhere. They can beat anyone they play on their schedule if they get it right. And they kind of showed that last year they finished, they beat A&M. Last game of the year, where you know AM was kind of trending in the right direction, and they had a couple one-score losses against some teams that had really good seasons, and you know they could have easily been a lot better than six and seven wrapping up. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. It's like I think I kind of agree with you. It could easily between these like bottom four teams, you can pick any order, and it's really going to play out whatever drama it is because it is the SEC. But um, I'm not real high on them. I think their totals at six and a half. I'll probably lean to the under because I'm not a big Jaden Daniels fan either. Though I think it's going to be helpful that he's mobile because that offensive line is not going to be good. Yeah, Brian Kelly, big hire. We'll see what he does. Uh, you know, 10 guys coming back, five on offense, five on defense. Daniels, like Jason just said, coming from Arizona State. Had some good times at Arizona State, then kind of was a little shaky. Q said they have a great wide receiver coming back. Uh, defense more needs to take more takeaways. Should be okay, though. Hey, big game right out of the gate here. Let's go September 4th, Florida State. What's going to happen there? I think that's the one that's going to set the mark. I have also in the card uh, September 17th, Mississippi State. They're favored in seven. I have them at seven and five, maybe eight and four, but more leaning on seven and five. Woo. All right, LSU fans. Smitty, eye on the Tigers. Uh, let's bring in another Tigers while we're at a queue. Uh, you get your wish. It's not like I had them separated by much, but let's bring in Auburn. Uh, Rivers over under five and a half. And Bo Nix era is over. Brian Horson from Boise is the coach. A lot of doubters nationally on him. My question for this is, who's the quarterback? Is it going to be TJ Finley or is it going to be Zach Calzada or is it going to be both? They're still going to be able to run the ball. Uh, they still have Tank Bigsby, who's an excellent uh, running back. They're really good in the trenches on both sides, O-line and D-line. I think this team is going to be a surprise. I think everybody's down on them. I actually think they're going to get over their five and a half. This is actually my best bet, Smitty. I think they get to six, and I won't be shocked if they actually get to seven. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a reach, but I am back on the Auburn train. So, Q, shoot me down. Yeah, I just think there's a couple things that scare me. One of them is that Derek Mason takes a pay cut to leave uh, a dominant conference to go to Oklahoma State. We all know Derek Mason came out of the SEC, so it's just a little alarming to me that he takes less money to leave. Uh, What's that tell you about the program internally? Uh, And I don't like the quarterback situation. Calzada didn't impress me last year. TJ Finley, just highly touted guy, just kind of never panned out, in my opinion. I don't know much about Robbie Ashford. Uh, what scares me, too, even though they're good in the trenches, everybody knows they're going to be relying on Tank Bigsby. So 
without a dominant quarterback to, you know, kind of beat me over the top, I'm probably going to, you know, load the box up until you beat me and make you beat me. I looked at the schedule and there's only three guaranteed wins, Mercer, San Jose, and Western Kentucky. Outside of that, you couldn't tell me that there's an absolute 90% or better win. Um, I mean, Penn State, even though you get them at home, I, I think Penn State is a better team overall. You guys know I'm always eight and four, nine and three on Penn State, but I think that's, you know, going to be a Penn State win. Missouri, you know, you guys are higher on them. What happens there? I think LSU is slightly better than Auburn. I, I don't think that Auburn can win that one at home. Georgia lost, Ole Miss lost, Mississippi State. I think is going to improve, so I think that's going to be a loss. When I just look at this schedule and I look at the team and how one-dimensional they are, or what I perceive them to be with Tank Bigsby, I just don't see it working out. I, I think the hire of Harson was weird, and I think the season just gets weirder. I would take under six, six and a half. Is that that's what it is? Five and a half. Five and a half. They're six and six at best for me, but I, I don't even think they get the six wins. You can get under six and a half, uh, minus 160 at BetMGM right now. So there is a couple, little bit of movement there because everyone's yep. right around those six numbers. Um yeah, I, I look at the schedule. I, I don't. I think it's harder than it even uh, we mentioned. I think that San Jose State game's no gimme. They're kind of on their way back a little. They've got Siobhan Cordero coming in from Hawaii, kind of backfill Starkle, and some guys that were out last year for them are going to be back. I, that's. I thought they were going to be a cupcake coming into Penn State. They are not going to be a cupcake. That's a total look-ahead spot right there before that game. I actually like how they match up against Penn State because the two weakest things on the Nittany Lions this year are offensive, defensive line, and Auburn's really, really good at both. Um, if they can protect the back end and not get beat with explosive plays, they're going to win that football game. Um, and then Western Kentucky in the end of the year, right before Alabama, that's another good team. Like that's going to be tough to beat. I can't believe that that's the game they scheduled. Usually you get a FCS school then that spot. So this schedule is super hard. They go to Georgia. They go to Bama. I think they have A&M on here. Yeah. I mean, that's like the three best teams in the SEC. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for getting fired. And it like, Trust me, that guy is not going to even object when they give him the check because that has been a nightmare the whole time he's been there. They've been trying to fire him since the day they hired him, which is just insanity. I mean, I know it's a good program. I know they've got the history. I know they got a little bit of a little brother syndrome, and it's really hard to see how good Bama's become over the last decade. But, my goodness, give the guy a chance to put his stuff in. So, yeah, I'm not real high on him. I, like I said, the quarterback room is a mess, just like you said. Um, it sounds like they're going to go with Finley from what I read um, just before jumping on here. I think all three guys will play this year at some point. I think it's that kind of situation they're in. Um, if they can run the football against you, they're probably going to be in that game because the defense is good up front. Um, if they can't run the football that day, you're going to whoop them. So uh, that's how I see this team. What do you think, Smitty? Yeah, I'm a little higher on this team. You know, I agree with you guys. It was it was a good start okay last year. Then it kind of went bad. And then there was a lot of off-the-field rumors with the girl, with him. And it didn't sound like he was going to make – the, the coach and he's still there quarterback i don't mind the guy that came from texas a&m we'll see who the quarterback in there the running back's a stud offensive line bringing back four starters they're going to pound the ball they're going to really pound it you know the defense got to get a little better getting some turnovers here they're favored in six six and a half i have it i like him to go seven and five games i have on there they have five games at home to start Key game is Penn State. I think they get Penn State. I'm not high on Penn State. I know everyone's going to say I'm never high on Penn State, but well, oh well, I'm not high on Penn State because they don't do much. So I like that. Give me seven and five. I'm taking the over. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but they get seven wins. 
We might have to schedule a little side bet there, uh, Smitty. Me and you versus these two on the uh, on the Auburn Tigers. Oh, that'd be fun. All right, let's, let's go. Let's go to the five team. Uh, now, this team, a lot of people are higher on them, even nationally. One of our guys on Twitter, Stevie Shrimp, I believe, is even high on these guys. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, Rivers over under six and a half. I have them going six and six. I, I, I like the under barely. Their schedule to me is one of the harder ones. Uh, Mike Leach still running the show down there. The Pirate Man, runner and gunner. Will Rogers, a the quarterback. They lost Charles Cross, one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And they're in the trenches. I don't think they're good enough. And I think they're going to play a, a bunch of teams who are going to try to run the ball, like Georgia and Auburn and Bama. And I, I don't think they're going to stand a chance against the big boys this year. They do have winnable games, though, down further. Bowling Green, uh, East Tennessee State. But I'm not as high on the Bulldogs this year. Give me the under on them. Two, what do you have on Mississippi State? I actually am at seven and five. And I think that's a step in the right direction for this program. Here's the deal. This is a small, small program, you know, in a realism of, of college sports. But I think they're growing. I think Mullen started that when he put them on this on the national uh, headlines with uh, Dak. And then I think you'll kind of see the same right now. I think Will Rogers and Mike Leach have a great relationship. What he's, I, I think Will Rogers this year will explode even better. Last year he threw like 4,500 yards. I think that will increase Obviously, that's a little inflated because they throw the ball about 130 times a game. Um, a point that I mentioned with Kentucky, their leading receiver. All right, Q froze out. Jay Kim, what do you have on Mississippi State? Oh, Hold on, Q, are you back? Yeah. Oh, sorry, buddy, you froze out. Oh, uh, no worries. So one of the points I was making was I was concerned with Kentucky's pass game, how they lose their top receiver. Um, and then who's going to come replace that guy? This is a team in Mississippi State I'm not concerned because you know those kids behind uh, their top receiver last year were getting a lot of reps, a lot of catches. Uh, so I think it's just kind of next man up. Um, you know, I, I think Leach, is, he's always been successful where he's at. And I look at the schedule, Memphis win, Arizona win, Bowling Green win. I think uh, Auburn, Auburn's a win, East Tennessee State. And uh, I think they could potentially beat Kentucky. It's one of those they're just going to throw the ball and, and score at will. And then, uh, you know, that gives me one other team that they kind of upset. And I think that gets them to seven and five. Yeah, no, as Stevie Shrimp knows his crustaceans and he knows his college football. Like, I think this team is actually so sneaky good. Like, you look at the defense and all three of their units are ranked in the top 30 in Phil Steele. Like, th this is like a sound defensive unit and they like to bring chaos. And that's probably – need to bring a little less chaos because they gave up a lot of plays in the back end last year. But yeah, the, the running back room is really good. The quarterback's probably the second best quarterback in the conference um, behind, um, which you call it the guy at Bama, Bryce Young. Um, the wide receivers, like you said, you lose your best one, but if you've seen with Leach in the past, they always lose their best one. And some guys caught 55 balls a year before and this year he catches a hundred balls, no big deal. And it'll be a guy a year after that does the same move. So, and they have a ton of guys who caught a lot of passes the year before. So um, they're really the true only, only true air raid team in the SEC, which is kind of weird at this point because there's usually a couple in each conference. Um, and other teams will throw the ball, but these guys throw the ball 70% of the time. And it's just a weird thing to see. And it kind of neutralizes their biggest weakness, which is offensive line, because, you know, the ball's out. You know, it, there, there's quick reads. They have a really accurate passer there in Rodgers, who threw up, what, 4,700 yards last year in the SEC. No joke. Um, the schedule's tough. Um, you know, the non-conference, I think, is manageable. 
Um, Memphis is a game that did a little revenge on their minds after they got beat by them last year. Arizona's not quite ready yet, though. It's always weird when you travel out to the West Coast, especially as an SEC school. And then you have Bowling Green, who's still kind of working their way up out of the uh, sludge. And uh, East Tennessee State's FCS program, what they should be able to handle. Um, yeah, I, I like this team. I don't know where it's at. I guess we'll see. Because Leach is always such an enigma. You don't know what you're going to get with the team. But they have more than enough talent to win nine games this year. 17 guys are back. That's a lot of guys. Eight on offense, nine on defense. Like you guys said, Rodgers, 36 touchdowns last year. Wide receivers, they have some guys coming back, but they always find guys. Offensive line, you know, it could be a little bit of a question mark. Uh, they lost a couple, I think, guys off that, but I think they'll be okay. Defense was really good and was not bad last year. Favored in five, win total six and a half. Key game I wrote down on the index card is – uh, September 17th at LSU. Get that one. I have them seven and five. Uh, maybe not as high as you guys, but it's a, an, it's an over. I, I believe this is his third year at Mississippi State. Usually it's the third year that I think his system and programs usually take off. So I could be dead wrong on this and they could win more games, but I'm still on the over with Mississippi State. All right, let's go to the four team. Uh, I think this is a true coin flip between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Well, let's start out with Arkansas. Let's go to the Razorbacks. Uh, Rivers over under is seven. I have these guys actually winning seven, seven games, seven and five. Sam Pittman, though, has this team in the right direction. I just think their schedule is really hard this year. He actually, to me, could be the kind of coach, though, that somebody sweeps off their feet and gets him to leave and go to leave a bigger program with the job he's doing there. He's got K.J. Jefferson, at quarterback, very solid. Raheem Sanders, the running back, solid as well. They lost a couple big names, Traylon Burks in the draft, but I think they have enough talent behind them with some guys like Landers at wide receiver. Uh, I am high on Arkansas. I just think their schedule poses a lot of problems. They, they drew uh, BYU in their non-conference, which is tough. Uh, they do have some cupcakes, Missouri State, Liberty, even though Liberty could give them a little bit of a, a bounce there, but Give me uh, seven wins on the Razorbacks this year. Q, what do you have for Arkansas? Yeah, I'm right around seven wins. I think they're going to regress a little bit. Uh, they kind of played the underdog role and snuck up on some teams who I think were maybe a little lackadaisical in preparation or, you know, they were kind of the the team that they were being looked ahead for another another game. Um, I love what Pittman's doing there. He's putting them back on the map. Raheem Sanders, solid running back. As you mentioned, KJ Jefferson, solid quarterback. Um, let's see what his growth is. He had a couple dumb plays last year throughout each game. Does he tighten those up? Uh, defensively, I mean, it's a dog uh, dog fight down there. Like you said, Traylon Burke's gone huge. Who's going to step up for them? Um, they draw a really tough, tough uh, schedule. I'm sitting here looking like curious. Cincinnati's on the map. They keep their coach. Obviously, they lose Desmond Ritter, but that could be a, a tough game to start with. Um you know, South Carolina, that's another team. Even though you catch them at home, you know, Shane Beamer's got that program on a rise. It's, you know, I look at the spread at 11. That seems to be a lot. That game could be closer, especially earlier in the season. You know, you said at, at BYU, that's always a tough place to play. Uh, could be a little chilly out there in October uh, at night. So are those boys ready to play in some cold weather that early in the season? Liberty, it's another tough team. Uh, Hugh Freeze has that program on the rise. Very, very tough schedule. I've got them at seven and five which I still think you know, successful for, for Pittman's second years or third year. So um, I just think now you're going to have to figure out like, okay, now we're, we're not an underdog. How do we perform? 
Yeah, I, I think they take a step back. I like watching Arkansas play. I do think, you know, Pittman's a good coach, and it seems like he's got things going right. That team last year kind of had – kind of came together. They had, like, a little mojo going that you really couldn't explain. Um, and had some really fun football games to watch. And I just think that kind of stuff is year to year and goes. Um, probably no more important player in this conference than K.J. Jefferson because there's really nobody behind him. He was our leading rusher last year, even though they kind of share carries. So it's a little deceiving. And, you know, really the only quarterback that they have. They don't have really anybody in the receiver room to replace Traylon Burks. Definitely is a big physical threat down the field. Um, you know, the defense, not as good up front. The linebackers, you know, they lost one of their better guys who's been there, seems like, forever. The secondary should be okay. Schedules is really tough. They open with Cincinnati. I know they get them in Fayetteville, but – you know, Cincinnati's a pretty solid program. Now, they're replacing a lot, obviously, but, you know, that's not a cupcake. And going to BYU, I don't know who's officiating that game, but that can be a little tricky situation out there as well. They're, they've been known to get some home cooking uh, out there in Provo. Um, but the stretch that they have, I think it's really going to make – it's going to break them, but it's a make-or-break part for their season. is September 24th, A&M in a neutral site in Arlington, Alabama the next week at home. And they go to Mississippi State and then at BYU. Like, that's a pretty good gauntlet there. You're playing four different types of teams, four different types of offenses, two of those games on the road. You know, uh, Mississippi State, you know, Stark Vegas is not an easy place to go in and win out with the Cowbells. And that's coming off of playing AM and at Bama back to back. I just think it's going to take a step back. I don't think they're going to fall off the map, but I just think that schedule is too tough this year. I, think I have them as an under for their uh, seven and a half total. 11 guys coming back, seven on offense, four, including the, the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, dual threat guy, very good. My big question mark on offense is the wide receiver, diving into it a little bit. Bryles, the offensive coordinator, I like him. Offensive line should be okay. Defense, eh, I'm not bringing back a ton of guys there, but they could be okay. I, my thing was the schedule. Cincinnati, BYU, I have down. I had the same games Jason just said. Texas A&M, September 24th. Uh, October 1st, Bama, they're favored in seven. I have them at seven and five. All right. Let's jump down the three team. Uh, let's go down to Oxford, Mississippi, and the lane train rolling on Ole Miss Rebels, Rivers over under eight. I looked at this schedule as one of the key aspects, I think, and I actually see this team starting out six and zero, oh, and then there's going to be a huge buzz. They're over-under is only eight. How do they not win two out of the last uh, six games? So I think they actually are going to go over. This is going to be a little bit of a shock. I think they're going to go nine and three. Uh, Jackson Dart transfer quarterback from USC. Great running back in Zachary Evans and wide receiver Jonathan Mingo. They have the right pieces. Kiffin has enough mojo and cockiness, I think, to get these guys a surprise win somewhere. They did get the 10 last year. I don't know if they get the 10 this year. But I do think they're going to get to uh, nine wins. Give me – I'm up on the Rebels this year. You? Real quick, I am going to place a bet. I'll probably do it this week So I want to get the line. Give me Texas A&M minus four against Arkansas in Dallas. Uh, I think last year Texas A&M had their worst game probably in 10 years, um, and, and Arkansas still couldn't really put them away. So I'm going to put that on my ticket right now. A&M minus four against Arkansas. Uh, moving on to Ole Miss, I'm right there with you, Matty. I look at their schedule. I think their their first eight games. There's no reason they don't go eight and zero. I mean, the only you know you go past your sixth game, you got Auburn at home and then at LSU. There's no reason they can't go eight and zero. Now, where I think they lose uh, in a perfect world is lost A and M, lost Alabama, and then 
you know, at that point, if you get two straight losses, could you drop a weird game against Arkansas and then, uh, you know, in-state rival Mississippi State? Like, you could end up doing the typical Lane Kiffin, start hot and just end as a dumpster fire, um, especially new quarterback. Uh, you lost your uh, – you got two you, new offensive coordinator as well. You know, you lose your quarterback, Matt Corrales, essentially the guy on your offense. Um, I just don't know. I, I, Lane Kiffin's a good coach, great play caller, but – Outside of those first eight games, it could get kind of bad for them, in my opinion. I think if they lose one or two, then I think the trains kind of the, the wheels fall off the Kiffin train. Um, so I'm I'm kind of nine and three with you, but I wouldn't even be surprised if it goes eight and four. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the and we should call them the Mississippi Portals instead of the Rebels because it's ridiculous. Like there's no team that took advantage of the transfer rules more than this team. I mean, it's their starting quarterback, they're starting running back. I mean, all their linebacker core. It's a whole different team. New offensive coordinators, the guy that was the offensive coordinator there last year went to Oklahoma. New defensive coordinator, new special teams coordinator. Like, it's just a – it's like they just started up a whole new program from a coaching perspective, except for Kiffin being kind of the key to it all. I, I just see them dropping the game early, even though I don't know how. Maybe Troy. Because this, maybe they can get through those four games while they figure out everything. Because it just can't be that smooth for all these guys that come into this program from all these different programs and uh, mesh. But – like you said, the last four is really going to be tricky. And I, I do think they could lose all four out. That Arkansas game on November 19th looks like such a trap right before the Egg Bowl and right after Bama. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jackson Dart did look pretty good at USC at times. So it's hard to say. Like, you know, in the defense, they kind of figure something out with the 3 2 6. And they've somehow turned into a really awful defense into a pretty good defense the last few years. So, you know, do you give Kiffin that credit or did he just have a kind of a good group of recruiting guys that he inherited and just leveraged? So it's really hard to say, but yeah, I'm not really high on them. I think their total I see is seven and a half and that sounds about right for me. Yeah. I have, I mean, again, 12 guys coming back, five on offense, seven on defense, but I mean, new faces. That's what I have on the index card here. Three out of four at home. I think they should be 4-0. I had my key games. I had the October 15th game against Auburn and then the October 22nd game at LSU as there. I, I sound like Q here. They're favored in eight. I'm like Q. I have eight and four down, but I think they can get to nine and three. So I'm going to go for the show, nine and three. Oh, boy, Smitty. All right, let's wrap it up with our last two teams. Uh, we have a new rivalry in the SEC, and it's not – uh, Auburn and Alabama. It is now Jimbo and Nick Saban. So the juice is up on these last two teams. The schedules are ready to go. They're going to see each other this year. Uh, number two team, Texas A&M Aggies, over under nine at Rivers. I'm going over. Uh, this is Jimbo's fifth year. All his guys are there. Everything's in place. The only question is, who's the quarterback? Is it going to be Max Johnson from LSU or is it going to be Haynes King? Their quarterback and D-line scare me because those are two of the most important being in the sec and they're kind of two of the weakest really good running back in Devin Shane. if i pronounce his name wrong i apologize but i'm high on the aggies i think their schedule shakes out really well uh they're probably going to start out three and oh then they got arkansas coming up mississippi bama that's a tough stretch but their last five or i'm sorry their last six are all winnable to me at South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, at Auburn, Massachusetts, LSU. Uh, give me over. I'm high on the Aggies again this year. Give me the over to nine wins. I got them at 10 and two. Yeah, I've got over eight and a half, nine wins as well. I think the biggest addition to this team was DJ Durkins as a defensive coordinator. 
I know he had the issue at Maryland. I, I think was a little out of his control, maybe a little mishandled, and that kind of he had to hide from that. Um, but DJ Durkin's defenses, I remember watching him when he was at Florida, were just absolute dogs. Um, and I think he's going to get that out of the AM, especially with Jimbo. You know, Jimbo's got to have the pressure on him, a short leash. You mentioned 3 0 in the first uh, first three games. I actually think two of the three uh, games are actually interesting. I think Appy State could be a trap game, even though you catch him at home. We've seen Appy State on the road and upset, you know, top five, top 10 team before. And I'm interested to see with Miami. Obviously, the hype with the new coach, Mario Cristobal. They're, they're starting to recruit better. There is kind of the hype. Uh, when you talk, you hear guys like Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis and them talk about it. There's a little culture change down in South Beach, which is uh, long overdue. But not saying that they're going to lose either of those. But I, I would think spread-wise, watch Happy State make that game a little closer because they're preparing for that game. You know they're probably already practicing against a and uh, scrimmages and things like that so abby state miami florida i don't think they're guaranteed easy wins uh so just be mindful to watch that but outside of that um i, I kind of have the nine and three uh schedule for them this year yeah i'm not as high on them as like challenging alabama by any means which i think has kind of been kind of they've been kind of pitted against each other because of all the talk and the press conferences and stuff but these guys aren't ready on offense yet. Like they need to find a quarterback first before they can start kind of whooping Alabama. Now the defense has been really good, even though they weren't really good against the run last year, it's still only 3.7 yards per carry. So they just really couldn't get a stop when they needed to on third down. Obviously teams are racking up 135 yards a game on them, but the last couple of years, the defense has been really good. And they've actually changed coordinators a couple of times. And I agree. Durkin's actually a pretty good defensive coordinator to come in and take that over. So maybe a fresh approach. You got a lot of talent there. But, man, my question is on offense. I mean, you look at some of the games last year, you know, 10-7 against Colorado. That Colorado team was pathetic. Like, Minnesota gave up 60 yards on them um, for the whole game. I just don't trust anyone there. I know we saw the Alabama game, and Zach Calzada played out of his mind, but they almost blew that game. Uh, I just don't think this program is that far along. They're getting close, and they're recruiting at a point where it's going to turn over, and they're going to probably be, you know, at least at Georgia's level. But uh, I don't think they're quite there yet until they figure out the offense and they're much more effective on offense. You know, 392 yards a game is good, but they need to be in the mid-400s before they can start threatening for a playoff. Yeah, I like this team a little bit, though. I'm 10 guys, 5-5, five and five, recruiting really well. Kane or Johnson, quarterback, running back's really good. Good runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Offense line should be good. A couple good wide receivers. I have it down too. You guys hit on it. I think DJ Dirk and I think Q said one of the biggest things. I had it down on the index card as one of the biggest things too with this team is having DJ Dirk and defense coordinator coming in. Key games I have down the September 17th, Miami, the September 24th. I think it's on a neutral field against Arkansas. And then you have, uh, I think it's Mississippi State in October at the very beginning. They're favored in 11. I have them 10 and 2. And a boy. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, we all know who's at the top of the SEC West. Once again, Alabama Crimson Tide, even though Saban, Saban is labeling this in air quotes as a rebuilding year, which is craziness. Rivers over under is 11 and a half, 12 returning starters, Bryce Young at quarterback, Jameer Gibbs at running back. They just reload. Defense is still going to be excellent. They're, they're, they're stacked again. You're just don't, you just don't know the names right now. This is Saban's 16th year. So I looked up his record, which is disgusting. 183 and 25. 
that's amazing to do that for that long and just keep going and going and going. I am going to be crazy though. I'm going to take the under. I am. I think they're going to trip up. Uh, I don't think they have as good of studs and stars as they've had the past couple of years. So give me the under 11 and a half. I think they're going to be 11 and one. I'm going to go 12 and 0. I think, you kind of mentioned, you know, what his record, it's disgusting. But I think what's even more sick is just the the mind games. And I think you're falling for it, Maddie. The rebuild year, I think even one law, like he's doing that on purpose. He's so sick-minded. Like he's getting in those players. Well, we had a good year last year. You guys aren't as good. It's a rebuild year. We'll come back, you know, in 2023 and do well. I think he's just mentally preparing those guys to be like, hey, we're better than people are saying. Even our head coach doesn't believe in us. Let's go out there and whip some ass. And I think they do. I mean, Bryce Young, I think the best quarterback in, in, in college. Alabama Crimson Tide is better than some of the NFL teams, in my opinion, uh, defensively and offensively. They're like the minor leagues uh, for the NFL. I'm not worried that their top four pass catchers are gone. They're just reload. It's, it's, it's insert name here. That's what it is. It's not a talent discrepancy. So even on the, the defensive side, it's just next man up, insert your name here because your ratings are probably the same, if not better. Uh, I look at their schedule and, you know, yeah, I mean, the Auburn game, you know, that's always uh, something, the LSU game, a little rivalry, you know, A&M, I guess it's a Jimbo saving thing. I just don't see, you know, with where the other teams are on their rosters and schedules and things like that, I just don't see Bama losing it at all. I don't know what to do with this here because I kind of agree with Matt. I, I understand where Q's coming from here, but the most interesting thing is this team wins recruiting every single year. Yet, their starting inside linebacker is a guy from Tennessee. Their starting running back is a guy from Georgia Tech. And they had to go to Vanderbilt to go find a left tackle. Like, this team gave up 41 sacks last year. That's like Penn State-esque uh, with an offense. And, of course, it's Bill Bryan's offense, so maybe that's why. But, you know, that's a huge – seven sacks against Auburn uh, in a rivalry game. They played five one-score games, even though they only gave up 304 yards of offense uh, on defense last year. Like, as good as they were, they were in five one-score games last year. That's ridiculous. They should never even be that close with that. So maybe there is something a little bit – to that rebuilding. I don't know if rebuilding is the right word, but maybe he's not quite as confident with this group because maybe these guys is quite aren't up to the recruiting pedigree that they are. The biggest thing that got them last year was all the receivers got hurt and they're really good receivers. They all went to the NFL, but the guys behind them are just as highly recruited receivers and they did not play well. And these are the guys that are now the guys. So uh, the quarterback's really good. The receiver, the running back they got from Georgia tech who's now the starter is really good, but like, how does he become the starter over all the guys that they recruited that were like, you know, the best in their class ahead of him. So that's the only thing I really think is kind of curious about them is I'm kind of constantly having to plug these little leaks with transfers when they recruit so well. So maybe there is something to that, but I don't know. Besides that, that's, I'm just kind of poking holes here. I mean, the only tough stretch they have is at Arkansas, and then they have AM at home and then at Tennessee and then Mississippi state at home. And that's really the hardest part of their whole schedule, just because I think you have a weird mix of teams and you have some teams that like to spread it out and throw it around a little, which have given Bama a little trouble in the past, the salmon scheme, but that's really it. This, this team could easily go 12 and up. Yeah. I have the, I have the wide receivers as one of my biggest notes on the index card here. Four guys are gone. Q brought it up. But the thing is, I mean, that, that, that was, you saw at times they weren't that good. I agree, Jason, what you said. 
But what Q said too, I'm going to piggyback off Q. When you have a great quarterback, these guys will step up. He's going to get the ball in the right spot. I think they'll be okay here. Offense line should be fine. Will Anderson's a monster on defense, but I'm sorry. Everybody keeps saying they're going to put money on him to win the Heisman. I just don't see it. I don't see a defensive guy winning it. I think you saw it last year with Hutchinson at Michigan. Could be close. I don't think he's going to get it. But, I mean, why not? A little Pete's money. I like it. I think they're favored in 12. I have some different games down. The te- At Texas game, I think they smack Texas, but I put it down on the index card. Why not? Just to please some people. And I have the game at October 15th at Tennessee is one that could be, and we brought it up when we talked about Tennessee. I have them 11 and one. I think somebody gets them, but I'm going to go 11 and one also. Great, Smitty. I think one of the slip ups is either at Tennessee or at Ole Miss. I think that's one of the two where they're going to just trip and fall, you know, maybe just can't get out of their own way type game, maybe a weather who knows. All right, boys, before we sign off, great, great job tonight. Uh, Q. Who's who wins the SEC East? Georgia. Jay Kim, who wins the SEC West? It's it's Bama, unfortunately. Smitty, how many teams go to the final four from the SEC? Two. Whoa. Okay. All right, boys. Great stuff. Good job wrapping up the SEC. Uh, everybody listening. Check us out. We're on Spotify at Notebook Wagering. The whole crew is here tonight. We have at Q Mills, at Smitty Bucks, at Notebook Wagering JCam. I am at If You Follow Matt. Hit us up with questions. Hopefully, we got you your info, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, so check us out. Have a good night and bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.